0: Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customize interactive trainings. Create lasting, positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. How does an economy that is more mindful and less mindless become a reality. Welcome to the Mindful Marketplace. I'm your host, Joel Skeen, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show where we ask experts, entrepreneurs, investors, and industry leaders for their perspectives on how all of us can, on every level, do our part to help create a more mindful marketplace. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Mindful Marketplace. I am your host, Joel Skeen. And we are continuing to explore the question here week after week on bizradio.us. And that question is simply, what if investing in each other can actually change the world? Uh, And I want to talk a little bit about that. This is a new year. We're coming into 2023. Um, Now this show is officially, I think, we're at eight or nine months old. Um, So not quite had our first birthday yet, but it is coming and it's on the way here. And This new question, you know, what if investing in each other can change the world? I, I want to talk about it for a second because to me that word invest, uh, we oftentimes have a very narrow definition of what investing can be. A lot of times we think of that as our 401k, you know, what we're putting into our retirement savings and what we're putting into Wall Street each and every you know, month that we get a paycheck and we see that investment growing. But really, an investment to me is anything that gives us a return, anything that's an asset where we are putting in something today that's going to make the future better, better for us, better for our families, and really better for each other. And I want to ask that question about if, what if investing in each other can change the world, because I think that there's a lot more that we could be doing to invest than just investing our money into um, into the into the financial system into Wall Street, but we've talked a lot about this sh- on this show so far in this first year about what we can do. First of all, as consumers, what kind of investments can we make as a consumer? We all have to buy things each and every day. We all have things that we need in order to survive, like food, like our shelter, our utilities. Um, you know, the other things that we need from day to day. And we have a good, a big kind of a big dividing choice, I think, between getting those things from the kind of companies, large companies, chain companies, multinational corporations that tend to not really reinvest that money back into our communities, or we can make those purchases through local independent uh, businesses that um, really support our own community that are rooted where we live and that make um, the place that we live better because they are more likely to invest in back into our community. They're more likely to employ people that live near us. They're more likely to have a more local supply chain and buying local, as we discussed with a bunch of our, um, our guests over these past several months, like, Uh, Sherry Lucas from Go Local Asheville, like um, Jamie Ager from Hickory Nut Gap Farms. I could go on and on. We've had a lot of guests where we talk about just how important it is for us to invest in each other by buying local. But there's also ways that we've talked about recently where we can do that with our investment money, with the money that we're setting aside for our future. Investing with our values. I loved our conversation we had with Peter Krull Um, Over the last couple of two episodes, a two part episode with him where we talked about investing in our values and investing into businesses that not only um, have a carbon neutral footprint, but that are actually going above and beyond in trying to create a better environmental situation for us and help nurture and really tend to the earth that we all share here together, as well as investing locally. There is a growing number of ways that we can actually put our money into the local economy and into local businesses where we see a financial return in addition to the social return that we see by buying locally. If you're interested more in that, go back and check out my episode um, on 10 strategies for investing locally and the episode that um, aired in December. There's two of them with Angela Barbash, who is an expert and an advisor on helping people invest their money into the local economy. It also applies, though, to not just how we spend our money day to day and how we invest it in the future, but the kind of businesses we have. You know, on bizradio.us here, we are all entrepreneurs all the time. And as entrepreneurs, we have an ability to invest not only in our the growth of the bottom line of our business, the growth of the profit margin of our business, but also in the people of our business. I've had multiple guests on who have said that they don't really see a difference between, um, they don't see a contradiction, I should say, between invest, between um, paying their people more and seeing the profit of their business grow. Um, it's actually about adding value into our people is actually beneficial to that bottom line. When we pay our people what they're worth, when we help them develop a good work-life balance, when we actually invest into the whole person that works for our company, rather than just into what we can squeeze out of them and the kind of value we can take from them, I personally believe that that is the true way to grow our business. It may be a cliche, but I think it's true. The more we can help our people get what they want, the more we'll get what we want. And you know, as industry leaders, I think that applies as well. Um, you know, when we, uh, when companies and um, people in in positions of power use that power responsibly to invest back into the communities, whether that's through donating to nonprofits, it's investing into the entrepreneurial ship community, like we heard about with Sean and Erica from Hatch, um, or whether it's about you know actually. Um, Working towards policies that democratize our economy rather than move us more in the direction that we see so often of monopolizing things. So whether you're simply a consumer in the world, you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur, or you're an industry leader, there's all kinds of ways that we can be making bigger and better investments into each other because a rising tide raises all ships. And I'm really excited today to get to talk to our guest because I see her doing this on a bunch of levels. I got to watch her present her business at the One Million Cups event at Hatchworks in Asheville, North Carolina. And I was really struck by her story, by her passion, and by just how much she is going out of her way above and beyond to help and invest into her customers and into her her patients and her clients that she works with. So I appreciate you, Amy, for coming on the show today. Amy Sickler, the CEO of LimTech. Thanks for coming on today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. What an introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really glad we get to talk here today. Um, I, I want to first just let you introduce yourself. I know most people out there probably don't know who you are yet. Um, big emphasis on the yet, because I know they will. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell us a little about your background and how you, uh, you, know, how you got into doing what you do now.
1: Oh gosh. Um, So I am Dr. Amy Sigler. I'm an occupational therapist. I was raised in Anchorage, Alaska, did my residency in Las Vegas, met my husband, and we moved to Western North Carolina. I have been an occupational therapist for 10 years and I've worked across the lifespan everything from the neonatal intensive care unit, so the NICU, all the way to hospice end of life. I was teaching at a local college here, very burnt out, sick of higher education and kind of the political world that comes with that and somebody had said you should start your own business I need a go-getter who can do wheelchairs evaluations and selfishly I started a business thinking yeah I want to own my own practice but in three and a half years that selfish nature of wanting to own my business has really kind of changed me to help the community, give back to the community. I never thought the things that I have today, I never thought of them. So I feel like um, God has been fruitful. He knew I needed a change, and I think he knew the community needed me as much as I needed this. So that's kind of my very quick story.
0: Yeah, what brought you to Western North Carolina? I'm curious. From Alaska, that's a little bit of a of a drive. Right?
1: A little that's, bit. Yeah, I would yeah. say I took a left turn and got lost. Um, so when I met my husband in Las Vegas, his daughter had lived out in Bryson City. And if mm. you know me now, first, the person I moved here in 2014, it was very different. I had very short blonde hair, fake nails. I looked like I just walked off the Las Vegas Strip. And my husband brought me to Bryson city and I said, I'm going back home. I can't do this. And it's taken eight years and this is home now. And I love it here, but it was a very big culture shock to say the least.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's funny. I actually moved here in 2014 as well from the Detroit area. And, um, you know, I, I, I fell in love with it pretty quickly. Um, but I, uh, it seems like it took you a, a minute, but, um, obviously that's a, that can be a big culture shock. Um, so I, I want to talk about what LimTech does and how you help clients, but I think it'd be better to sort of start a little bit with, you know, the problem that you guys end up solving because it seems like there's a bit of a gap between what people need and the services that are there for them. Um, yeah, talk, talk to me a little bit about kind of that space that you ended up filling and how you learn more about it.
1: Yeah, um, this is how much time do you have? So when Blaine Singleton, he owns Revolution Access, he approached me um, in 2018 and said, I need a go-getter. I need somebody to turn around paperwork quicker. I need somebody who can be kind of a game changer. And he saw my ability to be fast, quick, the vision I had for even the students I was working with. And so before I started, it was taking nine to 12 months to get a wheelchair in Western North Carolina because of timeframes and whatnot. I turn around paperwork same day versus my competitors who are taking weeks on end to do it. It's just a different way of operating. I'm very fast with a computer. I can type very quickly. I do great point of service. It's just... It's different than my competitors. And so what I did is change the entire conversation of seating and positioning and getting wheelchairs. And then we've expanded to accessibility. So I spoke at city council here in Henderson County to talk about how to make downtown more accessible. And they've added accessibility to their DEI committee. So changing the conversation, bring in more awareness. Like I said, before I was here, it was taking a long time to get some of this equipment, and now with me being here and having kind of a younger, fresher look at things, I've completely changed the way seating and positioning is handled.
0: Well, I guess if I was listening to this show and I heard you just say that, I think my, my first question would be, what what um, what would someone? I mean, how would someone handle nine nine months if they need a, a wheelchair? What what is that? What does that do to them if they don't have that access?
1: It's terrible. So somebody who doesn't have access to accessibility uh, accessibility equipment is a higher risk for depression, suicide, um, being put in long-term care facilities, contractures, bed sores, all the horrible things that come along with, you know, not having accessibility equipment. And before me, that was just what, what they – culture was. They didn't know any different. They knew that that was normal and that normal was what they had to deal with. For me, changing the conversation that 12 months is not normal and that we're going to beat industry standard. So I can't change how long it takes Medicare to review your case. But if I turn back paperwork today and it can get to your doctor to get signed into insurance and that paperwork can get turned around super quickly, I can get somebody a wheelchair in 2 to 3 months which is astronomically a lot quicker. So we're changing the conversation of what normal and typical is.
0: Yeah, so I guess why why is that you know kind of exceedingly long wait normal and then how are how is it that you're able to turn around so much quicker. Is it just that that things have just always been slow and you're just really fast, or is there more to it than that?
1: (laughs) This is such a hot-ended question or hot-heated question. So I'm a younger therapist. I've been out of school 10 years. The way I was taught was directly telehealth, um, being remote. My entire education was remote other than being for our labs. So being remote in telehealth is not a new concept for me. I can do a full evaluation remote type in same time and turn back paperwork the old school way of doing wheelchair evaluations was bringing somebody in clinic doing their initial evaluation full hands-on then we have to see them for a second visit but the clinic was so backed up so they weren't seen for their second appointment for two to three months and then their third appointment for the demonstration and trialing of the equipment was another two to three months so they were doing three evaluations where I can do it all in one session, and here's the argument: people, people always say, "Don't you need to put your hands on anybody?" And I'm like, "Not really. I don't need to put my hands on anybody. I can still get um, what I need."
0: Man, that's that's incredible that you're able to to make that that turnaround just by, um, you know, just by speeding up the process for people. I mean, I can't imagine what kind of difference that's made in some of your clients' lives.
1: It's, it's huge. And I always say to everybody, my competitors, It's not we're not better than each other. We're just very different. You go with who you like, but people a lot of times don't even care who the practitioner is or the therapist. They're both great. They want their wheelchair. And that is huge for quality of life and outcomes. If I can get you back out into society, back out of your wheelchair or out of your bed, back doing things that you were doing before... Absolutely, one hundred percent. Your quality of life is going up. That's what people care about. At the end of the day, a lot of times they don't care if you're seeing. Even when you go to the doctor, most people don't care what doctor they see. They want to get the earliest appointment. That is mm. what's important.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm curious too. How how widespread is is the need for the mobility equipment? Like, is How many people, and I know you guys have expanded outside of Western North Carolina, and I want to talk about your growth, but um, first, you know, just in this region, let's say, you know, how many people would you say are in a position where they need that access to mobility equipment, but they're just kind of sitting around waiting?
1: That number is, that's the unknown number. So I looked this morning, I saw 1,600 people as of the second week in December. And of course, that's across six states. And we're so so many referrals a week that we could see tenfold. But what we're limited to is licensure by states and health insurance. So if you have a health insurance I don't take, either you have to pay me cash pay Or find another therapist. So the number is arbitrary. Like I have no idea. Hundreds of people are waiting every day for a wheelchair evaluation. And I do a ton of pro bono work because I have a really hard time saying no to people because I know the horrible effects of somebody who can't get a wheelchair or who can't get a mobility device.
0: So I I do want to ask you about that because I know that there's a lot of business owners out there who would look at someone who maybe doesn't have the access to the healthcare and, you know, isn't really willing. I mean, it makes, you know, when the profit motive is there, there has to be some other motive to get you to do work that's for free. That's pro bono. Well, why is that something that's important to you?
1: Because I can't say no to people because people with disabilities are constantly told no. And I don't know if it's the kind of person I am or just a terrible business owner. I have no idea, Hmm. but You know, I see people who have had tragic accidents, life changes in a heartbeat, and now they're, you know, in a wheelchair or they're bed bound or they're home bound, and all of a sudden that, hey, insurance doesn't pay for that. Insurance doesn't pay for care. Insurance doesn't pay for that. And they're like, what does insurance pay for? Um, In a year's time, I've probably said no to 100 people, if not more. Like, nope, sorry, insurance won't pay for that. Nope, sorry, insurance doesn't pay for a ramp. So you can get your wheelchair in the house, but you can't get it out of the house. And it's, mm. you know, so we did build the, the nonprofit foundation to help with that. But it's just a part of it is like these people who don't have access to healthcare. I'm just like, just put them on my schedule because I can't say no to another person. It is heartbreaking. And if that makes me a terrible business owner, maybe it gives me a place in heaven. Like that's kind of how I look at it.
0: I, I would, I would, agree, I would argue actually, even that it makes you a better business owner. I mean, when you are the type of business that's willing to help people, regardless of whether you're making money or not, but you're just actually genuinely out there trying to help people, I mean, I'm sure that helps your reputation. I'm sure that helps you with referral clients. I'm sure that helps you in the long run. It might not help you that day, <laughs> right? Right. Um, when it comes to the profit, but what I mean, it seems to me that that builds the kind of reputation that you would want to have moving forward and by investing in those people now and seeing their lives change you're I'm I I know you're investing in your own future by investing in the future of others I just know you are
1: yeah and that's so we work with suppliers and the suppliers that love working with us it's because I always believe in being kind I actually have a sign that says it says don't be a a-hole which it really means don't be a jerk be kind always Mm -hmm. because I say that to my students all the time there's no reason to be mean so what suppliers love about us is that we're we're kind in every situation that I'm not a arrogant, big headed therapist. I want everybody on the team having a voice. I believe that we need to help each other out and being efficient. These suppliers are making commission at the delivery of the wheelchair. So the faster I can turn around paperwork, the faster they're going to get paid. And because I don't get paid on a lot, I don't get paid on the pro bono Uh, patients, but they are, they always turn around and help feed my family. They're going to give me more referrals. And that's why we've grown. I got an email yesterday. Another uh, therapist wants to come work for LimTech because of the culture that we've set. Like you said, we do invest because we do so much pro bono work and we believe in being kind in all situations that the culture is that LimTech is a really great company to work for and work with.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You, you mentioned a, a nonprofit, a foundation, and I'm assuming you're talking about mo- your Mobility Matters Foundation. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started that and what it is that you all are trying to accomplish there?
1: Yeah. So I was doing a lot of pro bono work and I was actually nominated for the Athena Award here in Henderson County, which is given to a woman of prestige leadership. And at the time I had no idea what the Athena Award really meant to the community. And so it was a pretty amazing honor just to be nominated and thought about. And at the banquet, a lady came up to me and was like, you need to take all of your pro bono work and turn it into a nonprofit foundation. People want to help you. And so we can't have LimTech and the LimTech Foundation, that's what it was originally called, be at all related because anybody who wants to help the Mobility Matters Foundation has to be able to um, reap and sow rewards from it. So we named it the Mobility Matters Foundation. And it's really a way to help. Anybody who cannot get accessibility equipment or things for their home or therapy because of insurance guidelines to be able to reap and sow from that um, foundation. So the Mobility Matters Foundation was established by all the pro bono and free work we were doing and we're trying to raise money to help give back to our community.
0: That's awesome. How can people get connected with that? How can they donate? what type of uh, if there's events or there's a website, how can they um, how can they find that and get involved so that they can be a part of helping these people that cannot afford to get the mobility equipment that they so desperately need?
1: So on Facebook, we are Mobility Matters Foundation. The first thing I always ask is like and share all of our content. Even if you cannot donate, please share our content. They can go onto our website, the Foundation. Our MobilityMattersFoundation.org website is a great way to learn about all the things we've done. So in the past two years, we have done Bike Day, which we had 10 kids this year come out and trial adaptive bikes. And thankful to the WNC Bridge Foundation, LimTech, and the Mobility Matters Foundation— We've supplied 10 kids with adaptive bikes in 2022, which is amazing because these bikes are not paid for by insurance because insurance thinks adaptive bikes are for play, and that is such a horrible thing. They Mm -hmm. look at equipment as fun, not um, resourceful for mobility, which every kid deserves a bike, and that's kind of where the foundation started. If I have to tell another mom that insurance doesn't pay for a bike and that their kid doesn't get a bike – I'm gonna lose my mind. Like, why doesn't every kid deserve a bike? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's no. I kind
1: of where it came from.
0: Yeah, no. I absolutely love that, and I love seeing. You know, the reason I wanted to have you on, and this, you know, talk getting to talk to you is just um, a massive amount of confirmation of what I could sense from you is that you are someone out there who started a business with the intent and with the continued intent to use that business in order to make a positive impact in your world. And you get paid for doing your work, just like we all do. But at the end of the day, what I see in you is a desire to actually make a better future for the people around you, for the people in your community, and for the world at large, and to increase this mobility in a broader scale. So um, hats off to you. I think you you won that award well-deserved. Thank you. And I'm really, really grateful that we got to have you on here today. Um, check out LimTech. Um, follow them on social media, check out the Mobility Matters Foundation. Um, And you can also listen to this episode as well as episodes from plenty of other amazing hosts. You, Amy, you were talking about how you got to be on Alex Cardona's show here on bizradio.us. Alex is a good friend. Listen to The Golden Key as well. Um, And go to bizradio.us. You can also connect directly with me and also with my financial services agency, which helps people get out of debt in half the time or less without spending any additional money. Um, by going to mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. So for the Mindful Marketplace, thanks, Amy, for coming on. I am Joel, signing off and saying take care of yourselves and make sure to take care of someone else. Thanks, everybody, and Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.